0: This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast.
1: Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Wednesday, December 22nd, 2021. We're now moving through the final trading days of 2021. I guess this is just three days away. Uh, you know, uh, of course, Friday. You know, Christmas is on Saturday this year. Friday it's a holiday, and that's the 24th, of Christmas Eve. But I also think tomorrow uh, half the traders are going to be going early, so I don't think you're going to have a lot of uh, volume in stock trading tomorrow. But that's okay. For the Friday holiday, we have uh, we have prepared a best of caller questions Invest Talk show for for you. Uh, so we will be on the air. The calendar will soon say 2022. My guess is that many of you, like me, probably be happy to see 2021 go by. There's a lot of things happening. Um, you know, we all have to take steps and should, take, should get ready for the new year. I've talked about tax sauce selling and how to do that. And if you have a question on it, now's the time to ask because you don't have that many days left. To take advantage of it before the new year. Now, of course, these are only tax law selling only is taxable accounts, not on your retirement accounts. Um, so time time to you know take a look at your portfolio, make sure it's in shape the way you want it to before the end of the year, moving into the new year. Okay? Now I'm going to help you with that on this radio and podcast, but you have to call. Give me a call. We'll we'll talk about anything. Spe- I know you have specifically questions directed to your situation. So give me a call. I'll answer that. I really do enjoy answering your questions. And be assured that your questions will, you know, help many other people who are listening to the show. It's not, it's not just you. It'd be other people too. So on today's program and podcast, we will operate as usual with the same mission statement: independent thinking and shared success. And we, we state that up front because we want to make sure you understand. We're going to give you the facts as we have them. Uh, we're we going to share all the information we have at our fingertips with you. Now, we're in a, it is a podcast and radio show, so I can't go into a lot of details, obviously, on each individual stock you call up, but I'll give you the basic figures and facts. It will be facts, Okay. So And we'll do it without bias. I don't have a bias. I don't, we don't have a point of view we're trying to push. We just give you the facts. I'm Steve and Of course, I encourage you to contact me with your finance and investment questions. Yes, you get to cha- shape the show in the direction you want it to go. It's up to you. In fact, you can call right now. We're live, 4 to 5 Pacific time, Monday through Friday, so we're live right now. And if you can't call, you can call anytime and leave your question on our voice, you know, our voice bank question. And we will answer it on the next show as best we can. The number is always the same, 888-99-CHART. So let's get right to our first listener question.
2: Hi, Steve and Justin. I've been uh, listening
1: for about eight months, and I've learned quite a bit. For that,
2: I just want to say thank you. My question is, I'm looking at Lincoln Electric in Cleveland, Ohio, L-E-C-O. And I was just wondering what
1: you really thought about it. If you could help me out a little bit, I'd appreciate it thank you very much okay this is lincoln electric holdings makes welding power source wire feeding systems for metal fabrication and construction other industries okay so this company probably should do well with the infrastructure bill that they passed Uh, i mean i don't know trillion two trillion whatever trillions it was so this this should benefit this industry Sales of recent three quarters are growing nicely for this company. Eight percent three quarters ago, forty percent, and down the most recent quarter, twenty one percent. Before that was shrinking. Okay. It is an eight billion dollar company. So it's a mid cap sized company, selling for one hundred and thirty five dollars a share, and gonna make seven dollars and five cents a share next year. That's up. 14% 14 percent from this year six hundred six dollars and seventeen cents which is up 50 percent from last year so it's looking pretty good not too much debt uh, 14 uh, the P is a little rich but not uh, not to a point where you say with that growth rate not that you'll be too upset with it I think it's fine uh, return on equity is 31 percent which is very good Mutual funds uh, have about 47% of the company, and they've been slowly buying over the last year. So I think it's a good, solid company to own, it looks like, from the numbers I see. And uh, a good place to buy it is between 121 and 125, somewhere in there, if it gets down to that point. Looks like it's finding support right where it is, though. You might want to pick up a little here and then more if it gets down to the other support numbers. Okay, that's a symbol, L E C O, Lincoln Electric Holdings. Okay. Uh, Let's see, 888 99 chart, 888 992 4278 is our number. Give me a call. We'll talk about anything you want. The market was up today. The Dow was up 261 points, the Nasdaq up 181, and the SP up 47. So it had a follow on day to, to a very strong yesterday but the day before was very weak so i mean we just made up we just made up for that that weakness so the week for the week we're kind of flat maybe a little bit positive so the next uh, tomorrow's thursday last day of the trading week so that'll tell us what direction we really are going for the week um i want to talk about consumer confidence numbers it rose pretty significantly if we before the end of the show Also, existing home uh, sales, that came out all as well. And uh, um, I want to talk about the White House chastising the oil industry and now calls for more drilling. Seems that they're a little mixed up there. I just think we should explore that, how that's going to affect that oil industry. Forget about the politics. I'm more interested in how it's going to affect our our investments or what the, what the, the changing of you know clean energy To now they want you to drill more drill more so the oil companies are kind of caught but we'll talk about that um and about the i want to talk about the ports the la orange county ports and other ports they're still backed up i want to talk about those those are the things i want to touch base with today if we can before the end of the day okay so um Let's see. Uh, Let's see. Oh, there it is. Um, My focus point today also is the SEC cracks down on SPAC claims. SPAC, Special Purpose Acquisition Companies. That's what that stands for. And, you know, we had a flurry of them, and they seemed to have some problems. I know people, you people were calling me about these, and, I, you know, I I know several of them and say, well, they, they don't have any sales. They have no earnings. Why would you buy it? So, well, we'll talk about that. That's that's kind of an interesting subject. And the SEC fined one of them, $125 million, and then Nicola. I know people call me up, oh, I want to buy Nicola. No. <laughs> so, my trivia question today is focused on that amazing history of Christmas. You know how long it's been around, do you? You think you know. Christmas. I'm talking about celebrating the Christmas day. How long has that been around? Celebrating that day, the 25th of December. Now, of course, we don't know when Christ was born. I'm not talking about that. When do we start celebrating Christmas? We're moving into a break. I'm here to take any, of, any, and all of your live calls. So this is how you shape the show. You tell me what you want to talk about, and we'll talk about it. So give me a call. 888 99 chart.
2: Vest Talk Voice Bank never closes. I have a question for you about Amazon. So your questions keep coming. I have a question about PE ratios. And that's okay because Steve Peasley and Justin Klein specialize in unbiased guidance.
1: If I'm looking at a dividend company, I'm looking for consistency of earnings and dividends. Your standard daily chart typically goes back one year.
2: No question is too simple. I
3: wanted to ask about TeleDoc.
2: And each question is an important part of the podcast.
4: My wife has a rollover. 401k from a previous employer. I was curious if this is eligible to be used to do a backdoor
1: Roth.
3: Steve and Justin are fearless.
1: That's fairly inexpensive for this
3: kind of explosive growth. The problem here is that you're picking a leveraged ETF.
2: Tell your friends and family members about Talk.
4: You've been instrumental in my
2: understanding how this market works. Don't forget to call Invest 888-99-CHART. New Year's Eve will be here soon. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are ready to answer your finance and investment questions. Call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART.
4: Hey, Steve and Justin. Remember a few
2: months back, Steve made a comment on reinvesting dividends and mentioned how he thought it might be best to not reinvest those in the same company just because it might not be goodbye at that time. Wanted to see if there are times when it would be appropriate to do so, or if you feel like still the same to not reinvest in that company. Just curious, because I currently am reinvesting some of mine back into the company and just want to know what you guys think. Thanks.
1: Well, I don't want to, I don't want to say it's a terrible idea. It's not, it's not. But I worry about getting over-invested in any one company and being dominant in your portfolio. But it's not a bad idea to reinvest in a good, solid company, especially the dividends because that that means you'll get more income from the dividends because you're investing more in the stock. But, you know, the best time to do it is when the stock market is down. You know, that's when you really want to be able to take advantage of low stock prices. You know, and you can do that and you get more stock. You you don't want to do it when the market's high. I mean – uh, you, you would want to do it less I don't say you don't want to do it so I don't want you to take away the impression that I think it's a terrible idea I just think you know I like I like taking that money and investing in other ideas but not you know that's not for everybody some people only want to do you know I know Warren Buffett you know will reinvest his dividends so if he does it you know doesn't always do it but I know he's done it in the past Okay, let's go to my focus points. Based on the story behind the headline, the SEC cracks down on SPAC claims. Okay, so let's, you know, a SPAC. Okay, a SPAC is a special purpose acquisition company. It's a company formed with nothing in it. There's nothing in it, and they then make it, you know, they it's formed and it's publicly traded, and then they come out with the idea. And then they, the idea is, okay, well, we're going to do this with this Company. This company is going to be in that, this is popular for a bunch of uh, new electric vehicle companies, and Nicola Nicola was one of the biggest ones. It went, I mean, it started trading, got as high as $100. Well, they had to pay a $125 million fine because of the lies they told, and uh, they are under investigation. The the founder and so on, and so they they got big big trouble. So that stock got up to a hundred and something dollars a share. When this story stock came out, they had they didn't even make one car. They haven't made a car, sold a car at all, and a stock price got up to a hundred dollars a share. And it was a higher market cap than Ford. And they haven't sold a car. Guess where the stock is now. About $9. Maybe it should be less than $9. Have they sold a car yet? I don't know. I haven't looked. So there are like four other of these EV, SPAC companies under investigation. Remember remember my rule, my rule, buy companies that make money. It's pretty simple. None of these companies are making any money. Will you miss out on some great moves? Yeah, but you'll at least know you bought a company that makes money, and it's going to be around for a while as long as it makes money. So, you know, I need you to be more cognizant of what you're buying. Don't buy just the latest craze. I mean, come on. $100 a share, they haven't made a car, uh, one car, not sold one car. They haven't made one. And the market cap briefly was higher than the Ford Motor Corporation. That's ridiculous. On its surface, you should say, something's wrong with this. And there was something wrong with it. It's too good to be true. It is too good to be true. If it sounds like it, it is. Okay? So just be careful. We're heading to a break here. But I'm here and very happy to tackle your financial and investment questions. You can give them to me anytime you want. Our number is 888-99-CHART. That's 888 992 4278. We'll be right back.
0: Got a question for Steve or Justin? Just kind of wondering if this stock is a value trap. Now is a good time to call Invest
3: Talk. Uh, I think there's likely a pullback here.
0: 888 99 Chart.
2: You're counting down the days, first Christmas and then New Year's. You may have completed your gift shopping, but you might still have unanswered finance and investment questions. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are on duty and ready to provide their unbiased answers. Call InvestTalk,
1: 888-99-CHART. Okay, Jennifer left me an email question. My question is regarding a wash sale. If I sell an individual stock at a loss and then purchase within 30 days an ETF which includes that stock as one of its holdings, will I still be able to claim the loss on my taxes or will it count as a wash sale? Thank you for your podcast. I listen every day. And, yes, you would. Yeah, it's only because it's an ETF and not the individual stock that you you know, sold to, to take the loss. So you can sell that, lo- take that loss, and buy the ETF that owns that stock inside it, or the index. You know, index uh, S and P five hundred has five hundred stocks in it. So you can sell a stock and buy the index, and it would not affect your loss. Okay, so you can sell a stock and buy a stock in the exact same industry, almost it, uh, as identical as you can get it. It's still, you still would get the Loss, the loss you know, because you sold it at a loss, you still get that capital loss. So it's only you cannot buy the exact same uh, uh, equity back within 30 days. If you do that, then you it's called a wash sale, and you don't get the tax write off, the capital loss. Okay, but that was a good question. Appreciate that. Eight 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 ninety nine chart eight 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 nine nine two four two seven eight. That is the number. So let's go back to Invoice Bank for another listener question. 888-99-CHART. Hello,
0: my name is Dwayne from Plano, Texas. I'd like to ask you about the exporting of LNG. I'm hearing it's going to be a big boom in the next 10 to 20 years. And what stocks, natural gas stocks, will benefit from that? Thank you very much. Bye.
1: I think it's going to be a big boom because Europe. Think about what's happening now. If you've been paying attention, Russia has shut off all natural gas to Western Europe, saying that you know they don't have long term contracts or that they're using the natural gas or it's going somewhere else. But it's been being apparently being used as a political weapon. And Europe doesn't want to be held hostage to Russia's natural gas. So how do you, how do they do that? How do they not become well LNG from us is a, is the answer. So we are building terminals, and we already have one at least, and maybe two. I don't know exactly how many, but we're building them to ship the liquefied natural gas LNG, liquefied natural gas to Europe, and I think that's going to be a, a bigger and bigger uh, booming business. Can, will I give you or can I give you the stocks that are involved? The answer is no. Uh, The SEC does not allow me just to blurt out stocks and say this, buy this, sell that. You notice I don't do that? I do answer questions on stocks you ask me about. You have to come up with a stock, though. I can't give it to you. Okay? Um, The SEC has a rule that you have to quote, unquote, know your customer. And, of course, anybody listening to the air here, I don't know if you're my customer or not. It's over the airways or over the Internet. And therefore, I don't fit, that rule applies. And so I can't give out stock ideas and tell you when to buy and sell stocks that I think are good. But I can answer your question about a stock, okay? 888 chart is the number, everybody. Okay, uh, consumer confidence number rose to 115.8 from 111.9. Now, 111.9 is not bad. That was last month. so in November, it's 115.9 went up. So what is what is the consumer confidence report what is that? well the conference board produces it. It's a survey, a monthly survey on consumers attitudes, buying intentions, vacation plans, consumer expectations the, uh, for inflation, stock prices and interest rates. They ask all these questions in the survey, and of course it's the same questions every time, and they get responses, and that's how they how then they compile the the numbers, okay? Of how they do that exactly, I don't know, but it comes out uh, by age group and by nine regions and eight states, so it's it's divided by over the, across the country, okay? Um, at the same time, which no one really talks about, they come out with a the uh, preset situation index, uh, a expectations index. So they come out with different things, different reports. But the Consumer Confidence Report is the one that we report on the most, and they report, and I tell you about them. I'm not keen on the con- Consumer Confidence. I'm really not, because people are fickle. They change their mind quickly. Same, something happens, and they say, oh, I'm not going to go on vacation now because something happened. Or, for instance, this COVID uh, new variant, you know, the Omicron variant. People are, you know, may cancel their plans because of that. So, yeah, you know, it, it's, it's, it's fickle. Okay? Well, the Christmas holiday will be here on Saturday, everybody. Christmas today is celebrated around the world in almost every country and culture. So as we go to break, here's my trivia question. Looking back in time, I mean way back, in which year was Christmas first celebrated on December 25th? And which U.S. state was the first to declare Christmas as a legal holiday? At the break, I'll supply the answer. For now, my phone lines are open and I encourage you to call with your investment questions, 888 chart
3: Invest Talk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50 percent off. Visit Rosettastone.com/today. That's 50 percent off, unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50 percent off now at Rosettastone.com/today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. No two portfolios are alike, and
2: every investor has a unique set of circumstances. So don't forget to call InvestTalk, eight eight eight
1: ninety nine chart. 888-992-4278. Before the break, I asked a tri- asked a trivia question. Looking back in time, way back, in what year uh, what year was Christmas first celebrated on December twenty fifth? And what U.S. state was the first to declare Christmas a legal holiday? Okay, the first recorded date of Christmas being celebrated on December 25th was in the year of 336. Year 336, during the time of the Roman Empire, Emperor Constantine. He was the first Christian Roman emperor. Now, all these years later, in 2019, U.S. households spend about $1,496 during the Christmas holidays. Only about a third of that figure represents the average amount spent on Christmas gifts okay, or gift cards. Here are some uh, in- interesting modern history facts about Christmas. A week before Christmas in 1834, the English writer Charles Dickens published... Uh, uh, published the novella, A Christmas Carol, in which he wrote that Scrooge required uh, Cratchit to work and that the U.S. Congress met on Christmas Day. Did you know that? Okay. Um, in fact, the story was popular. It was so popular that churches and governments could no longer ignore the importance of Christmas celebrations. England was the country that saw the first Christmas card around 1870, In the United States, Alabama became the first state in the U.S. to declare Christmas a legal holiday, and that was in 1836. The last state in 1907 was Oklahoma, which surprises me. Oklahoma was the last state to declare um, Christmas as a legal holiday. So I certainly hope you finished all your gift shopping. I know I am. Of course, I didn't have to... I said, I don't have any kids. I don't have a lot of gift shopping to do, but I do have lots and lots of nieces and nephews, but I don't buy for all of them. I do not. Many of them are now adults anyways. This is Invest Talk, and I thank you for listening, everybody. Let's swing back to the voice bank to the question which came in earlier.
4: Hi, fellas. I have a question for you uh, regarding Aero Electronics. Its uh, symbol is A-R-W. I think it looks really good, it's a good value play. I was wondering what you think of it and what you think might be a good buy-in point. I'm definitely looking at buying it, possibly. Uh, right now, it's kind of hovering around the 20-day, the and uh, just wondering if uh, you guys uh, have an opinion on that. Thanks a lot. Bye.
1: Okay, so it's uh, Arrow Electronics, Inc., ARW, distributes electric, electronic components and enterprise computer systems to industrial and commercial markets. Okay, they made $7.75 in 2020. And this year, they're going to make $14.64, and next year, $15.99 a share. That's the estimates. It's a $127 stock. So if we take 127 and divide it by next year's earnings estimate, you get a PE of 7.9, so about an 8 PE. Now, is that cheap? Well... In our world, you know, in the world of investment of the whole stock market, yeah, that's cheap. How about for this company? Well, this company's five-year PE range is from 6 to 13, not very wide. And this one is at 8. So it is at the lower end of its range. So uh, I think it's fine, you know, as far as a value play, that looks pretty good. And sales are increasing 18% in the most recent quarter quarter before that was 30 quarter before that's 31 and i kind of like the area that they're in they're going to repurchase about 600 million dollars worth of common stock uh so that was this year though so i don't know how much that's affecting this the stock price management owns one percent mutual funds are that's just slowly buying it so it's a good solid company and not it's pretty well pretty underpriced so i think you're okay 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 this is the best talk i thank you for listening everybody let's we, we already swung back to a voice book maybe voice bank question but maybe we have another when possible i'd like to play two questions in a row so i do it here it is here's another question 888-99-CHART
2: Hey, Steve, Justin, this is Vince from Orlando. Just wanted to get some more information on HSA health savings accounts. Someone told me it was like one of the only ways to have tax free money. I understand that you can input up to a certain amount per year and then you take the money out to use it on
4: medical expenses and still tax free. So I had a question, if you get to the end of the road, say you're age 65, 70, you got a million plus in your HSA
2: and you realize like, all right, I'm not going to use this money for health stuff. Say you want to pull some of that money out and buy a car or whatever you have. Do you get taxed on it then? How does it work? Say you, do you have to provide backup as evidence like, Hey, I purchased some health care or I had a health medical expense and I needed to use this money. Just want some more information on HSAs
4: if you can provide that. Thanks.
1: Now, I do know that as you get old and you have more in HSA that you're probably going to need or use, that you can do something with it. But this is not my area of expertise. Uh, It's just not. Uh, You're going to have to talk to an accountant about what happens. You know, just for everybody else, an HSA, health savings account, is money you can put into it today, and that money you put into it is taken off your adjusted gross income. And I think it's five thousand a year, you know, and a thousand dollars catch up if you're over fifty, something like that. I, I don't deal with them, so I don't have a lot of information on them. But you know, the tax benefit is great, and then you can take the money in your HS. You can invest it any way you want to. You can invest it, but that money is supposed to designated to pay health expenses that's not covered by insurance that you come that you know you incur incur along the way you can use that money to pay expenses health expenses health care doctors appointments co-pays whatever it is deductibles in in your health care stuff that's what that money is for now what you can do with it is you can invest it what you can do is when you're older can you take it out and do something else with it there are rules that allow something but I don't remember what they are. what they are okay it's a good idea as you know to to do to open up an HSA cuz you can put away money tax free and you can grow it tax free as long as you spend it all on health care. 888 okay. 99 chart 888-992-4278. And 60 home sales were up 1.9% month over month for November? Uh that's 646 million. Okay, so if you've been paying attention, home sales and existing home sales, new home sales, uh, new contracts, permits, all these things in, in a recent couple of weeks look pretty good still. Still. Now, interest rates, mortgage rates are still very low. So we're not seeing a really detrimental impact. But I did have a, a family dinner, and most of my family here in Southern California uh On my wife's side are in real estate or real estate appraisers and they have told me that the market has softened up but prices are still pretty pretty stable here they how they know is because they're getting less business meaning they're less refinance and less new sales but the prices are still pretty good so I think I think the real estate market is gonna stay okay it's not gonna be as vibrant as it was last year but I think it's going to be, it's going to hold up well. While this mortgage rates stay low, I think you're, you're going to still have a decent, a decent housing market. Okay? I think it's worth a minute or two to, uh, to take uh, to talk about um, the benefits of our firm, Klein, Pavlis and Peasley. Uh, and so I do that most days. We're based in Irvine, California, which is in Orange County between LA and San Diego County, Southern California. Um let me remind you that here at Invest Talk and at KPP Financial, we operate with a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. So what does that mean? Well, we practice something called parallel investing, meaning I buy the same stocks for myself, same price, same time, same percentages as I do for my clients in the five different programs that we we have. I'm in all five of them with my money. So um we try to we we have provide unbiased guidance we don't have any any uh, loyalty to any you know large firms or other or companies or anything like that so we we're totally independent and we make our own decisions we buy data and we analyze the analyze the data that I, we do do so i encourage you to take advantage of our free portfolio review assessment and do it through telephone skype or go to meetings Send us a message to InvestOut.com. or you can call our KPP financial office in Irvine, California. And after speaking with me or Justin, you'll find that within a few minutes, we are are a little bit different. We do not try to talk people into anything. There certainly is no obligation, never is. So we'll try to help you. We want to help you, so let us help you. We will do it. Okay? 888-99-CHART. We're going to talk to Gene in North Carolina. Gene.
4: Hey Steve, thanks for taking my call.
1: Thank you.
4: I wanted to follow up with you about the the, the previous question about the HSA. I've sure. fill in some gaps. Sure. So I've had HSA for many years now. What happens after the age of sixty? At the age of sixty-five, you know, after that, right. you no longer can contribute. If you have any balance in your existing HSA account, you have two options in general. You can still pay for Previous or future medical expenses, and that's completely tax-free withdrawal. You need to save the receipts. But if you decide to, uh, as the the previous caller said, to use it to buy a car or something, since the money was um, tax-deductible in the year you made your contribution, it's treated as a tax-deductible, like a IRA. So you would be taxed, but no penalty.
1: Okay, so it's added to your in- adjusted gross income when you take it out to spend it on anything other than medical.
4: Right, just like if you withdrew money at the age of 59 and a half or over uh, for if you took money out of a retirement account. Okay. There is one added benefit is that there's no required minimum distribution, so you can keep the money building and building in HSA as long as you want. And at the very end, you could, if you want to, you could take it out, but you'd be taxed, but no penalty.
1: So there's no rule, let's say you turn 80 years old or something, that okay, can I use it now, for and be tax free as always? Will be taxable. I use it for anything other than medical. Always. Yeah, it'll
4: be taxed just like you're at age 80 if you take like, money from an IRA. Okay.
1: Good, good information. I appreciate you talk, calling. Thank you, Gene. Really, thank sure,
4: you. Sure, you're welcome.
1: This is Invest Talk, everybody. Justin and I, thank you for downloading our podcast and telling your friends about us. We really do a pleasure. We're going to play another caller call question right now.
0: Hi, I'm calling from New Jersey. I was just calling about BIG, B-I-G. I know you guys recommended it a while back, and since then it's gone down almost 13%. I was wondering if to keep adding, or is this one that you should get rid of? Thank you for your
1: help. Okay, this big, big lots operates 1,408 discount stores in 47 states, offering brand and non-brand closeouts and other value-priced goods. They're going to make $5.83 this year, and then $5.78 next year, and it's a $43 stock. So that tells you it's about an 8 PE. The range is 3 to 16, so it's kind of in the middle of the range. They have great return on equity, twenty-seven percent. Huge cash flow, eleven dollars and ninety-nine cents a share. They pay a two-point-eight percent dividend. Um, sales have been a little bit weak in the first recent two quarters because they compare there with the COVID quarter years, which you know were really strong. So I think it, I think it's a good value play. And yeah, I wouldn't sell it at this price. I mean, it was. Almost seventy dollars a share. $73.23 was its highest price, or so, and that was back in June. And today is at forty-three. So we think it's a good value at this at these prices. Forty-one to forty-three is a good buy points, as far as I'm concerned. That's where you buy it. Okay? Do so yeah, I like B I G Big Lots at this price. Okay, let's squeeze one more caller question in. 888 99 chart.
4: This is Brandon in DC. Just had a question looking at the cloud computing stocks. What do you think of MongoDB, ticker MDB? I'll listen on the pod. Thanks.
1: Okay, MDB. MD is a dog, B is a boy. Mongolb. Mongolb, Inc. Uh, uh, it's a. Thirty-six billion-dollar company. I've never heard of it. That's amazing. That's unusual. Computer software database industry develops and sells subscriptions to ma mo- to modern general-purpose database platforms. One of the reasons why I haven't heard of it because it never comes up on my screen. screens because it doesn't make money. How can it be a thirty-six billion-dollar company and never made money? Never. They're going to lose $0.72 cents a share this year, $0.48 cents a share last year. They lost $0.99 a share and 42, $0.48 cents next year. Last year, they lost 99 dollars $1.70, $1.40. I mean, for, for as far back as it existed. Sales are increasing dramatically. So they should make money sometime because they have the sales. But the sales are only $226 million a quarter. That's the high quarter. That's the highest quarter they had, the most recent quarter. And that's, you know, a billion dollars a year, and it's a $35 billion company, and can't make money? Uh, uh, not for me. It's not for me. I don't buy companies like this that don't make money. Someday I'll make money, probably. It's got the sales, but uh, not for me. This is Invest.com. C and we have one goal here, to help you achieve financial freedom, and our work will continue right after this break. So get your questions in now. This is a great time to do it. 888-99-CHART.
0: Got a question for Steve or Justin? Just kind of wondering if this stock is a value trap. Now is a good time to call Invest Talk 888 99 Chart.
2: You may have completed your gift shopping but you might still have unanswered finance and investment questions. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are on duty and ready to provide their unbiased answers. Call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART.
4: Hello, Steve and Justin. I'm Chris in Chicago. I, I love your podcast, it's great. I'm a, a value investor to the core and uh, over the last couple months I've been buying Boeing and Citibank. Uh, it's not working out very good so far, but I believe next year could be much improved. Is there value here, or am I wrong? Thanks, guys.
1: Okay, well Citigroup. Uh, let's take a quick look at them. Yes, Citigroup. They're going to make ten dollars and forty-eight cents this year, and then seven ninety-four next year. But that that this year ten forty-eight is kind of an outlier. So seven eighty-four is what you would use, and it's a fifty-nine dollar stock. So it's what an eight. 8 PE, okay, well, the five-year range is 5 to 14, so return to equity is a little weak at 8%, 6%, I mean, and there's not much growth in Citigroup. You wouldn't expect it, but, yeah, I wouldn't, you know, it's a a value play. Um, On Boeing, I'm not a big person on airline industry. That's not my favorite industry because it's so volatile. It's two hundred one dollars stock, and they're gonna make four dollars sixty two cents. I don't. There's not much value there. Never. There's just not. Now, in two thousand eighteen, they made sixteen dollars a share. Okay, and then two thousand nineteen, COVID hit. They lost three dollars and fifty cents. Two thousand twenty, they lost twenty three dollars a share. Two thousand twenty one, they lost a And next year, they're gonna make four sixty two, but it's a two hundred dollars stock. That's not value. That's not value. And have negative cash flow of eighteen dollars and eighty three cents. So, uh, not, not, yes on Citigroup, but no on Boeing. Okay, uh, let's see. Um, ports are still backed up. At least here in LA and Orange County, they are really still backed up. Um, uh, they're, they're, they're going twenty four seven these days. I mean, they're constantly operating, going. Yeah, they have they have record numbers of containers. Record numbers and record numbers of ships backed up, but the, but it's getting a little bit better. It's it's not getting worse because for months and months it was just getting worse every month, every month. We're into holiday season, so you know, of course, everybody's trying to get all their products here out to the United States, shipped into here, and they're trying to get it out, and that just makes the whole situation worse. But see, after the holidays, that pressure. Will be off, okay. There'll still be a lot of pressure from backlog, but the pressure of new things coming in will be off somewhat. So we still, they will return to normal sometime in the future, but it won't be probably maybe till the end of next year. It's gonna take that long, I think. It's just gonna take that long. You know, um, there's not much you can do about it. There's not much anybody can do about it. I mean, we're, they're just stacking up containers. They got trucks going twenty four seven. They got tr- uh, trains going, and they just can't. They just can't get the backlog out. Just can't. Not not working very good. White House chastises the oil industry and calls for more drilling to reduce gasoline costs. Now, wasn't that the same White House that? that uh, shut down that pipeline from Canada and stopped all drilling in all government-owned lands and told all the oil companies that they, you know, we're moving away from oil and going to clean energy. So the oil companies reacted by cutting down their their outlays, their capital expenditures, because it's so negative. They they the the administration so negative on the oil industry. Now the oil prices, and gasoline prices are sky high. They want them to reverse direction. Well, I, I'll tell you this: big corporations can't do that that fast. They can't turn on a dime. They plan out what they're going to do. So, don't expect oil prices. I, I, don't expect oil prices to go down anytime soon. Just not going to happen. Um. But I, I just see that oil prices are going to be very volatile over the coming years. It's going to be very volatile. I think we just got to get used to it. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investor program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about us, about the free podcast downloads. You can get yours anytime you want from iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and we would appreciate you review and rate us on iTunes. Thank you for that. If you do it, I'll be happy, be happy to answer your question right away if you have one. On the air. Okay. I'll return if I'll return after Christmas, everybody. So enjoy your holiday. Independent thinking, share, success. This is Invest Talk. Good night.